What's up, Buffalonians? It's your boy, Nick English. If you want the facts, the stats, and all the sports info in the 716, you have come to the right place. This is English Encore, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. I'm your host, Nick English. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy out there. Appreciate everyone for tuning in for today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please go give me a follow on Instagram at English Encore Podcast. I do Instagram live sessions on there, post some cool graphics um, for these podcast episodes if you want to go check that out. Tomorrow morning, 9.15 a.m., I'll be doing a live session with former NFL quarterback Jordan Palmer. Talk about Josh Allen's development. For those of you who don't know, Josh Allen, a lot of the young quarterbacks such as Sam Darnold, Drew Locke, have been working with Jordan Palmer for the past few summers. A group of those guys get together, um, including Kyle Allen as well. Um, so it's going to be great to talk to Jordan about, you know, Josh's development, having an awesome MVT, MVP type season. Um, so we're going to get to the bottom of why Josh has been so successful here, as well as going in his playing career, as well as coaching the Elite 11 and doing some coaching now himself. Today I'm going to be going through a Bills Titans preview for tomorrow's game, um, Tuesday night special for the NFL between the Bills and the Titans. I'm going to go through the keys of the game, both offensively and defensively. Also going through what NFL games yesterday um, affect the Bills going forward, kind of give them an idea of how they stack up against their competition and opponents. And then the big news out of Buffalo, the Buffalo Sabres have landed Taylor Hall, a huge addition and a big signing for Kevin Adams. I'll be detailing all the moves the Sabres have made. Um, so far in free agency, that bomb dropped last night, very late in the night, um, kind of sneakily done by Kevin Adams, so we'll get into that. But first, starting off with the Buffalo Bills, as I just said, despite all the COVID concerns with the Titans as they had their facility closed for over two weeks, they had their game last week postponed. There's a lot of concerns, especially when a coach tested positive um, just a few days ago, but after everything all said and done, they have had two three days consecutively of no COVID testing in Tennessee. So the Bills will be traveling to play the Titans tomorrow. Um, the Titans will be down a lot of players because of COVID. Um, the following players for them are on the COVID list, including Cordy Davis, Jeffrey Simmons, Adam Humphreys, Kristen Fulton, uh, Kamali Correa, Daquan Jones, McCole, uh Pinnett, Kari Blang's game, and their long snapper, Bean Brintley. Um, so a lot of players missing for them. Some key ones, especially with Davids, Simmons, and Humphreys, and Fulton. Adoree Jackson is also still on injured reserve, um, so he will not be playing. So the Bills are definitely going against a depleted Titans team. Um, as far as the Bills are concerned, they do have a handful of injuries themselves. Um, limited throughout the week, you have John Brown, Cody Ford, Andre Roberts and Brian Winters. However, the good news for the Bills is there are going to be a lot of key players back. Um, it looks like Delshawn Phillips will return to lineup. Zach Moss logged some full practice toward the end of the week, so good chance he'll be backing up Devin Singletary once again. Um, Cole Beasley, who hurt his foot in last week's game, was practicing in full. And if anyone was concerned about Josh Allen and his shoulder, he practiced in full every day this week, so no concerns there. Um, the big question marks are John Brown. John Brown was questionable. He came up limping one day in press, practice, but continued to lug limited reps after, so there's a chance he'll be active. Um, it seems like they're being a little bit cautious with Cody Ford. 
I would expect him to play. Andre Roberts, same thing. Winters, I'm not so sure about. Matt Milano has already been ruled out. The biggest question mark for the Buffalo Bills for this week is Tredavious White. Tredavious White did not practice at all this week, um, not even in a limited capacity. It said he's been dealing with some back issues. Um, we're not sure if it's actually injury-related. You know, Trey, before the season, was talking about his concerns with COVID, so I don't know if they're trying to keep him healthy whether or not he has a significant injury because he didn't have any injury after last week's game. Um, so we'll see if he ends up playing tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't play, if they want to save him for Kansas City, kind of make sure that he's all good to go. Josh Norman, very capable. They have Cam Lewis, Saran Neal. We all know Levi Wallace was placed at IR. Um, the big news is that Matt Milano was not, so hopefully he could be potentially ready. Um, the Kansas City game was moved to next week, Monday Night Football at 5 p.m. Um, so that's definitely a good thing for the Bills. A lot of Bills fans were very upset that we were getting our big primetime game against Kansas City taken away. But now it is back on just a little bit earlier on a Monday night. As far as the keys to the game goes for the offense, I think it's very important this week to get the tight ends and running backs involved in the game plan. Because... After this game, you're going up against some of the best teams in the NFL, Kansas City, New England. You're going to be facing Seattle, the 49ers down the line, even though they got blown out yesterday by the Dolphins. And obviously, this Tennessee Titans team, even though they're a little bit depleted, is still an undefeated team. And they're still very good, and there's a very good chance that they will be in the playoffs. And I think it's very important that you have every facet of your offense going. And so far, the Bills have done an exceptional job of incorporating Stephon Diggs. Beasley and Brown have both continued to excel in the offense. Josh, as I mentioned before, is having an MVP-type season. The offensive line has been great. Um, Devin Singletary definitely got a little bit more involved last week. I think they need to continue to do that because there are going to be times during the year where ultimately the Bills will struggle passing the ball. It's kind of just um, you know, nature of the game that at some point you're going to be hitting that roadblock um, against a certain team. And the Kansas City Chiefs could do that. You know, watching the Raiders play them yesterday, it was very evident that they were able to run the ball um, with Josh Jacobs. And I think it'd be really important to really get Devin Singletary going. Also incorporate Zach Moss a little bit back into the offense at a limited capacity coming off that injury. Um, and then getting the tight ends going. Dawson Knox has kind of had a little bit of a sluggish start to the season. I think getting him some um, looks against a depleted linebacking core um, and you know, I think he's not going to have, or he will have a lot more good matchups than maybe Stephon Diggs or Brown will have, especially if Brown potentially doesn't play. Um, we saw what Tyler Croft was able to do against the Rams. I think getting Knox more involved, getting his confidence back up would be huge for them. Um, I think you have to take advantage of the Titans' energy. Um, you know, they haven't been practicing over the past few weeks. They've only had two, three practices in. They're not going to be as conditioned as you. Um, you got to take advantage of their lack of players. You know, they're down at least three starters between Simmons, Davis, and Humphreys, which means you should fully take advantage of this team on the road. Um, and don't take your foot off the gas pedal. The Bills, too many times so far this year, the offense has gotten them out to a 7 or 14 point lead. And the Bills' defense kind of just lets them drive down the field and they play this prevent defense or we just kind of take the foot off the gas and we don't really knock a team out of the game when we should. Um, so those are my keys for offense side of the ball. Defensively, they have to contain Derrick Henry just like they did Josh Jacobs last week. 
especially with no Humphreys and Corey Davis. Their biggest starts AJ Brown, who's already banged up as is. Um, Raymond is a guy that they have to watch out for. He has some insane speed. Um, they have to stop Jonu Smith. That's my second key. Um, the Bills have obviously struggled against the pass, specifically against tight ends when Matt Milano does not play. It was very evident against the Dolphins when Mike Kosicki had a career day. Um, Tremaine Edmonds is obviously a great linebacker, and he's going to continue to improve, but he still has to get better in the passing game. Tyrell Dotson played very well last time um, when Matt Milano did not play, but um, I'd fully expect to see a lot more dots on the field. They have to limit Smith, though. He's a big part of their offense, especially with those other wide receivers out. He also has the ability to play that fullback spot and take some carries out of the back. We saw that last year, so I wouldn't be surprised if you see that at all tomorrow. And then we have to generate more pass rush. When you start playing these teams with you know good offensive lines like the Titans do, or when you start playing the Patrick Mahomes, the Russell Wilson of the world, you have to be able to generate pressure. And I think that's when the Bills are at their best because it allows their secondary with Poyer and Hyde and Trey and Josh Norman to fly around a little bit and be that ball hawking secondary that we haven't really seen um, thus far. So those would be my keys for the defense. And then overall, the thing is you got to stay healthy and move to 5-0. and Show that you belong um, as part of the elite company. And not only just the AFC, but in the NFL. Most importantly, stay healthy. We've obviously seen a lot of bad injuries. Um, knock on wood. The Bills just need to come out of this game. Uh, very healthy and get ready for a big matchup against the Chiefs. And I'm not saying to overlook the Titans at all. You have to go in and handle your business. But at the same time, you have to um, take precautions, especially with everything going on down there with COVID. Um, the Bills need to do everything they can. Wear your mask on the sideline. Take every precaution possible. I honestly wouldn't even shake hands with Titans players after the game. Just go to the locker room, get back on the bus, go home. Um, hopefully walk out 5-0. and and then from just yesterday's games alone, you look at what happened in the Chiefs-Raiders game. You know, you just played the Raiders last week, handled them pretty easily. Um, they kind of found a blueprint to beat the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes looked very uncomfortable. Um, Sammy Watkins got hurt for them. You know, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey are always going to be problems, but their running back Edwards Hilaire did not really get going. Um, their defense definitely looked very susceptible, especially on the deep ball. Um, the 49ers obviously got blown out yesterday, even with Garoppolo and Mostert back. They're missing huge piece on their defensive side of the ball and Thomas and Bosa. But overall, I still think the 49ers are a great team. Um, well, anything that proves is that the Bills can beat any team in the NFL. Anyone can beat anyone on any given Sunday. I think that's truly shown with some of those games yesterday. And I think the Bills are legit AFC title threats, especially if they can win tomorrow and then if they can beat the Chiefs. On Monday night, I think a lot more people are going to take them seriously. Um, but like I said, I think the big thing is just coming away from this game healthy, um, beating the Titans pretty handily when you should because of how shorthanded they are, um, how winded they're probably going to be because of the lack of reps, and because you know you're a good, solid football team. And I feel like this offense should have a really good day. And despite the injuries, even if Tredavious White doesn't play along with Matt Milano, um, I think getting Phillips back is big for them. I think Dotson, like I said, is going to play more snaps. And I think Harrison Phillips could be big for them. I think as the season progresses, you're going to see him get healthier after coming off that ACL injury. Um, they started to generate pass rush a lot more in the second half last week and got a couple strip sacks on Derek Carr, causing fumbles. Um, Josh Norman punched out a ball on Darren Waller late in the game. That's going to be big for the Bills to continue to generate turnovers on the defensive side of the ball. And hopefully we'll walk away 5-0 uh, and tomorrow, and it'll be a really good day. Um, for Bills Mafia, um, 
Despite no Bills game yesterday, the Sabres found a way to keep it interesting. It didn't come till late in the night. Um, just going through some free agent signings real quick. Up until last night, um, a lot of people, especially Sabres media and fans, were not thrilled, including myself. Because um, up until that point, all they did was sign Tage Thompson to a three-year deal. Um, around $4 million. He's getting $1.4 million average per year. They re-signed Zemgis Jurgensens to play that fourth-line role on a three-year $6.6 million deal, which a lot of people hated that move. I wasn't really opposed to it. I've always been on the record of saying you cannot continue to bring back the same guys over and over and expect different results. I said if you were to bring back one of the two players between him and Johan Larson, I would have brought back Gergensens because of his offensive potential compared to Larson. Not to mention Curtis Lazar, who we signed earlier in the offseason, um, is very capable of filling that Larson role at a very much cheaper price and just as good of a face-off guy. You saw him last year in overtime and in deep uh, game situations when it was close. They were sending Lazar out there to take draws and then get off the ice, not Johan Larson. Um, I think it is a little bit of an overpay for Gergensens, but he does the role he's supposed to. That line last year with him, Larson, and Oposo was very good. I think Lazar will just plug in, and it'll be a good defensive forward-checking line for you. They signed Tobias Reeder, the right winger, for one year, 700000 Defenseman Brandon Davidson, one year, 700000 And defenseman Matt Irwin for a one year, 700000 as well. They also signed Cody Eakin to a two-year, $4.5 million deal. I thought it was actually a pretty good signing. He's a plug-and-play into your third line as a center. Definitely has good playoff experience. I think he fits the Sabres well. I know the analytics won't really back that up, but I think analytics can kind of be hit or miss sometimes. They did qualify um, six players. Brandon Montour was one of them. They re-signed him on a one-year, $3.85 million deal. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets moved because it's a pretty friendly deal or if they try to move Ristolainen. in. I still think Kevin Adams has some work to do there. They also did qualify Victor Olofsson, Sam Reinhart, Casey Middlestat, Lawrence Pilot, and Alinas Allmark. So up until the point last night, a lot of Sabres fans, including myself, as I mentioned before, were not too happy. I thought Cody Egan was a good signing. You know, Montour for the deal they brought him back on, I didn't think was bad. But other than that, they were really just signing depth guys who were going to be extras or bottom four guys, um, either defensively or on your fourth line. So I didn't think they were doing enough to really make an impact to make the team around Jack Eichel better. I kind of thought they were settling. It almost seemed like they were ready to run it back with almost the same exact team with the addition of like two to three players, replacing guys like Jimmy VC, Connor Sheary, Evan Rodriguez. And I just didn't think it was enough. But then, last night, Kevin Adams said, hold my beer, Buffalo Sabres fans. I know there's no Bills football today, but I'm going to give you something to cheer about. And the Sabres did it. They went out. And signed arguably the best free agent available, at least from the forward side. I know Alex Petrangelo um, is probably the biggest name. But they signed Taylor Hall to a one-year, $8 million deal. Uh, very good deal for both sides. It's going to allow Taylor Hall to come in and have a chance to play it right alongside Jack Eichel, who Eichel has reportedly talked in the past about bringing in Hall. He was upset last year when the Sabres had a chance to go put in an offer and get him that they didn't. Now he gets to come in, play alongside Jack, try to rejuvenate his career a little bit. This is a guy who in 2017-18 won the Hart Trophy after putting up 39 goals, 54 assists for 93 points, and a plus 14 rating. 
Um, he's definitely very capable of being a top six winger in the NHL. The big thing for him is he just hasn't had the ability to stay healthy. So what this one-year deal does is it allows Hall to come in, play with an elite top five center in the NHL and Jack Eichel, really put up some points, and then make a decision whether he wants to play with Buffalo long-term or he can kind of increase his market value and go somewhere else. Uh, Kevin Adams made it very clear on his conference call last night that he doesn't expect this to be a short-term partnership. It was kind of working through the details, wanting to make sure this was a good fit for both sides. And I think as the year progresses, if Taylor Hall is producing at that high level with Jack Eichel, they have no problem paying him the money he deserves and keeping him here long-term. Um, I just think overall it's a great deal. Last year, 65 games played for Hall, 16 goals, 36 assists for 52 points. Um, the Sabres just need guys to generate offense, and Taylor Hall is definitely a player that can do that. He's going to insert into your top line immediately right next to Eichel. He's had six 20-goal seasons in 10 years. As I mentioned before, he's already won a Hart Trophy. He's only had two NHL seasons with less than 40 points. One was in 2014-15 in a season in which he only played 53 games. Again, the injury concerns are a big uh, question mark with him, but in that 53-game season, he had 14 goals, 24 assists for 38 points. And then 2018-19, um, the year after he won the Hart Trophy, he had a really bad injury. But in 33 games, he had 11 goals, 26 assists for 37 points. So 37 points, 33 games, more than a point per game. Playing next to Jack Eichel, there's a very good chance that both those players will be well above the 90-point mark. Um, and I just think right now, it really helps out your lineup. Ralph Kruger today talked about what players could play where. And just looking at the lines after this Hall sighting. So your top line, assuming you bring back some of your other RFAs back, you'll have Hall, Jack Eichel, and Sam Reinhart. Your second line will be Jeff Skinner, Eric Stahl, Victor Olsson. Victor Olsson didn't play a lot of right wing at all for the Sabres, but he did play it in Europe before he came over. Jeff Skinner obviously has chemistry with Eric Stahl and is going to be very happy to play alongside him. He's played with Olsson as well, so there's definitely some chemistry there already as well. Um, Skinner last year was kind of just nitpicked by injuries, not to mention he was playing with Johansson, who is not normally a center, and Vladimir Saboka, and just other guys kind of just thrown up there, whether it was Johan Larson or Jimmy VC or whoever it may be, didn't help Skinner's cause at all. I think putting Skinner or Stahl next to him is going to be very beneficial for Jeff's game. I could definitely see Skinner getting back to being that 30 to 40 goal scorer um, that they needed him and paid him to be. Um, obviously, with the Tage Thompson deal, they have him making the NHL roster um, just based on how many years they gave him. I think he slots right into that third-line left-wing role next to Cody Eakin at center, and I do believe that Dylan Cousins will play that right wing. Um, Kruger mentioned today that Cousins was one of the guys they feel comfortable putting at that right-wing position. Um, you know, Cousins a guy I think they want to let him sit and develop, and I think Getting to play behind Eakin and Stahl, even though he's going to be their center hopefully for years to come, getting him NHL experience and playing him at the right wing um, is definitely going to be beneficial if he could play both positions and be versatile for the Sabres. I don't think there's any way that he is not a part of this team. I think he's got immense talent. And then your fourth line, as I talked about before, Gergensen's Lazar Raposo um, is your easy fourth line. And you look at your defense, you still have Rasmus Dahlin, Colin Miller, Henry Okiaru, Rasmus Ristolainen, and Brandon Montour, and Lawrence Pilot, um, if they do qualify him, and then Olmark and Hutton. I don't expect Hutton to be on the team before the year starts. I think they do move on from him. Um, Lidus Olmark, I do think they will bring him back. 
um, the biggest question mark after that, because they signed Reader um, and Irwin and Davidson, you wonder what's going to happen with either Jake McCabe or Colin Miller if they'll move one of those guys. Casey Middlestad is definitely the wild card for the four group. Um, it still begs to differ they're going to qualify him for a low price and package him with a guy like Montour or Ristolainen in a trade to maybe bring in some more help. I just have a tough time finding where they're going to put Middlestat into the NHL lineup. If they want to sign him and bring him back, Rochester continue to develop. I think that's also a good route. Put him down with guys like Artur Ristolainen, CJ Smith, um, Asplund's another guy who maybe or maybe not wait the NHL. You know, Will Borgen also defensively that might come up um, if they want to move on from a guy like McCabe as well. Um, I do think they do need to change up their decor a little bit just because even if Okiaru and Dalin continue to develop at a great level like they did last year, the defensive core was obviously not great. Um, I think Pilot slots into that third defensive pair role, and I do believe they will move on from either Ristolainen or Miller um, or Montour. I do think they like Montour because he can play both sides. Obviously, last year, Colin Miller didn't play a lot of games, so that makes you think that maybe Ralph Kruger didn't like the fit um, that Jason Bottero brought in. And then Ristolainen, obviously, with the cap, and he's just been here for so long, maybe it's time for him to move on to a new team. Overall, I think Kevin Adams has done a pretty good job. I know he took some hit um, for the draft pick of Jack Quinn, but overall, I thought he drafted pretty decently. I still think he needs to make another move or two to really put the Sabres in contention. But going out and landing one of, if not the best free agent valuable, and Taylor Hall um, is huge. I think, obviously, the friendships with Eichel and Skinner help, um, not to mention Hall is on the record, said that Ralph Kruger is one of his favorite coaches when he had that one year in Edmonton. Um, so Kevin Adams doing a lot of work um, acquiring talent, whether it's Stahl, um, Taylor Hall, Eakin, just guys to really fill up and bolster the Sabres lineup that was not nearly as good last year. Um, and he's definitely doing more work in just a short period of time in months than Jason Bottle did um, in years here. So that's definitely a good thing to see. Um, I think he's bringing the right minds, mindset to the organization, and it's definitely got a lot of Sabres fans starting to get a little more excited about the season when it hopefully starts on December 1 this year. Or, excuse me, January 1 this year. They're definitely going to get training camp going in December. Um, but that's going to do it for today's episode. Appreciate everyone for tuning in. Like I said before, tune in tomorrow, 9.15 a.m. to my Instagram, at English Encore Podcast, for my live session with Jordan Palmer. I will be back again on Friday. It's going to be primarily a basketball NBA episode talking about the Lakers beating the Miami Heat to win another championship last night. LeBron capturing his fourth NBA title. I'll be introducing a new co-host to the show. It's going to be on every once in a while. You can tune in on Friday to find out who that will be. But until then, hope everyone stays safe and healthy. Go Bills tomorrow. And this has been an English Encore podcast, Buffalo's favorite sports channel. Thank <laughs> you.